Mayor Anthony Williams, fifth mayor of DC. Between Marion Barry, Adrian Fenty, the guy who's credited with making sure we didn't go broke, yeah. bringing the Nats here, revitalizing downtown. Yeah. And the Washington Post at one point even called you funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's known for a sense of humor, yeah. Mayor Anthony Williams has done some pretty cool stuff since leaving office. His latest project, the reimagining of Union Station in D.C. I'm going to ask about the potential of a future Joe Biden terminal. And come to think of it, Mayor Williams has done some pretty cool stuff before he was in office, too. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. We have an entire mile-long conversation. I'm Tommy McFly. Welcome to Walk a Mile, presented by Downtown D.C. Stepping out of the MLK Library at 9th and G, we're gonna head over, go down and over E as we make our way to Union Station. Yeah. But I'd love for you to start with taking me back to what it was like when you first took office in DC. Post-World War II, you had the decline of the American city. This was in to on top of, in DC, you had the fight for full rights for African-Americans going on in DC. You also had the whole ongoing and continuing fight for full representation. So DC was struggling and by 1990, despite what was happening in cities like New York and Chicago and Philadelphia, we were behind. Why was that, you think? As I always say, I think we overpromised and underdelivered for people. Okay. Uh, we had. That's not the way you should do it, by the way. No, for those absolutely. listening at home. <laughs> and we were what we were doing. We weren't doing well. So we had a big, big problem. And mm -hmm. so this resulted in the insolvency of the city in the 90s. And the control board was put in place. And you, you came into to power in D.C. being the guy who ran the control board, which often, like, the finance guy is not the sexiest job, but yeah. it, it became super important. Well, I worked, on behalf, I worked uh, under the auspices of the control board mm -hmm. uh, with the D.C. Council, with the mayor at the time, Marion Barry. But on, uh, at the behest or under the auspices of the control board, which was authorized by the Congress. So it was a unique relationship. I saw it as an opportunity uh, to really build a coalition and, you know, begin build, bringing a city back. If I didn't have people like uh, Mayor Fenty and Mayor Gray and now Muriel Bowser following me, no one would ever say I did a damn thing because <laughs> one of the things that happens in a good environment is you have continuity of good mm -hmm. or you have continuity of bad. I think what you, we've had problems in D.C. And we could, you know, we could talk about policies where folks disagree with the current kind of uh, approach of some elected officials. But long and short is we've had continuity of good government and that accretes positively. And when you walk down 9th Street now, Capital One Arena is not very far. And yep. you've got this whole Chinatown, Penn Quarter area that when you took office was not like that. But at this point, it's almost like folklore, right? Like... Mayor Williams changed the city. He brought the Nats, like, almost like you were like a superhero. Can you briefly tell us how, that, how it all came to be and how it happened? Because I think people around the citizens felt that we could be a better city, that we had to restore respect for ourselves. We had to make government work, right? And we had to really focus on initiatives of our own doing that weren't just directed to us by the federal government, like in our case, it was the Anacostia mm -hmm. initiative. But baseball is just part of a vision for the Anacostia River. It wasn't the only, it was an important thing. We made a, a commitment to bring 100,000 people to D.C. And this was possible because if you build expectations in a positive way, livability, 
financial certainty, right? Uh, public safety, then people will begin to come back to your city. As downtown now is working to do that and bring people back to the city for different circumstances, are there things that were done then that could be helpful to now? Are there things you learned? I think the important thing that we learned is that don't try to do something new and bold and innovative unless you're doing the basics right. New and innovative is important, mm -hmm. but the blocking and tackling give you the tools with which to experiment, with which to innovate. You have to have the blocking and tackling together. So first and foremost for us was setting expectations to the world that DC was back about doing the blocking and tackling, the basic things well. And then on that, we could start doing things like we started improving our schools. We started really leading the way. Now, I think the mayor's leading the way in uh, fighting homelessness. We've shown that we have the ability to do things. So I think that's important. The second thing we learned is men, you can never totally avoid it. And you, and you be lying to say you can, but you can minimize displacement right. as part of economic growth. Right. And we've learned how to do that now, and I think that's powerful. That's something that seems to be like a lesson learned for a lot of cities is, as they're looking at how to equitably house people and, right. and all of those things. The lessons learned from the past are now being used, or hopefully being used in the future. Right, it's the economy though. If you, what we were able to do is set the spark and begin rejuvenating the economy. This rejuvenation of the economy led to gentrification, led to displacement. Right. It wasn't like government had a meeting and said, well, let's move the people in this block. It's the economy doing it. Right. But just because it's the economy doing it doesn't mean government doesn't have a role in trying to redirect that yeah. and minimize that. When you walk through Chinatown, when you walk through downtown, walk through Penn Quarter, I moved to town in 2006, so mm. there was already a lot, of, already a lot going on. Yeah, there wasn't all this happening here. I mean, as a matter of fact, this is one of the first streets to happen. And this is a great, we're talking about 7th Street mm -hmm. now with Haleo and the Shakespeare, original Shakespeare Theater. Yeah. Now... There was something called the Downtown Action Plan that we really got behind, that really got fulfilled. One of the elements of the Downtown Action Plan was that arts can be an important uh, uh, incentive, it can be an important attractive, if you're talking about the Shakespeare, if you're talking about the arena, uh, uh, the uh, Capital One Center, if you're talking about Woolly Mammoth Theater, all these are reasons for people to come downtown. Yep. They're all positive things. And the important thing is that a, a successful, robust economy. Our the DC budget has grown from say four or five billion local dollars to ten billion local dollars. This five billion dollars is going into schools, education, human services. That's where the bulk of it is going. That could not have been possible without investment. So you can't redistribute what you don't have. You need a strong economy for us to do the things we want to do. And so now you are part of the, the, the group of the coalition, like for your next trick, it's Union Station. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think anyone who's been there recently can say it needs it. It needs, it needs a lot of love and it needs a lot of help. Okay, so Union Station now is certainly not the Union Station I saw in the mid 70s. You've talked talk about it a really tired. Union Station has had a series of iterations, the way to think about it. Mm -hmm. You had a number of train stations on the, you had one train station that was on the mall around where the Smithsonian is. This was back in This the, was before you had a national mall. Yeah. It was just kind of, it was, you know, a lot of stuff. Those photos you see like in the Library of Congress yeah. archives, they're totally yeah. wild. They're in the DC Museum of there the Apple Store. There you go. Store. So the first iteration of Union Station and the old beautiful building that you see when you walk in off Columbus Plaza there is 
the Daniel Burnham City Beautiful Original Bow Arts Union Station. This was in, around the 19th century, turn of the last 19th, 20th century. There were people like uh, Daniel Burnham, who was a big planner from Chicago. He had a, uh, a sponsor in a Senator McMillan from uh, Michigan, and they wanted to create the city beautiful in Washington, D.C. So when you look at the monumental core around the monument mm -hmm. and the juxtaposition of those important monuments and the Union Station where it is, all of that is the uh, realization of the city beautiful in Washington, D.C. That's the first iteration of Union Station. And the second iteration of Union Station, my organization, the Federal City Council, uh, built a coalition, got Union Station revitalized in the in the uh, 1980s, and what you see is the revitalized Union Station. Okay. You're talking about Union Station needs work. You needed to see it before <laughs> the second iteration. That's true. Now that said, respectfully, I wasn't born then, but I right. hear you. <laughs> right, and and we created as part of that second revitalization something called the Union Station Revitalization Corporation, which built a coalition asking for the federal government as owners of that asset, as owners of that building, to make the investment on behalf of the district, but actually on behalf of the region and the nation, and they mm -hmm. did. And now, so it, we have- So like food court and the shopping and the- All that came out of that, now. right. So now the new Union Station 3 does a number of things. It takes, it preserves, and we just finished doing the ceiling in the original station, the vaulted ceiling. Yep. Okay, it preserves that original bowl structure. It redesigns and rethinks and totally modernizes the train shed and the infrastructure under the station, accommodates uh, development air rights on top of the station and around the station, and very importantly, by getting the federal government, and we've got a, a group of former uh, transportation secretaries, Democratic and Republican, to support the federal government stepping up to do the next iteration of Union Station. We get more traffic in Union Station than Dulles, BWI, or National Airport. So wow. it's an important, yeah, we huh. get more traffic going, even even now, Yeah. more traffic going through there than those airports. That's amazing. I, I live like three blocks from Union yeah. Station. And my I'm a family of railroaders. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. My grandfather was like working on the railroad all the time. Yeah, 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 my grandfather, my actually, my great, uh, uh, Grand uncle, great uncle, yeah, worked for the uh, New York Central. Oh, cool! As a porter, yeah. yeah so. And being like, being on the train is so happy. So I, when yeah, I, yeah, that's yeah. how I wanted to talk to you because when I yeah, heard yeah, about yeah. all these plans for Union Station, yeah, yeah. it's it, it is such an American treasure. It's very very cool. It's an American treasure. It's an American station. And one of the things that we're we're doing in this next iteration of Union Station is we're really showing that I talked about inclusive, equitable development. So here. Right now at Union Station is we have the big kids, it's like Thanksgiving, we have the big kids table <laughs> and then we have the little kids table where the buses are. Yeah. And what we're trying to do with a new Union Station is really celebrate all modes of traffic. See, if you take all our major public, uh, at, at their best, our major, major public venues are a celebration of air traffic or a celebration of railroad travel. But we want this to also welcome bus passengers. So that in so doing, we're welcoming all classes of people, yep. right? All backgrounds of people, races of people into the city. That's what cities are about. They're always about welcome, accessibility, accommodation. Come on in and get on the escalator to a new life. That's what cities are about. That's why we put up with all this crap. 
because we believe in that. Otherwise, we'd all move to Florida. <laughs> That's very true. a huge undertaking to revitalize Union Station and the surrounding area in this way. But I couldn't help but wonder, is this something I'm going to see? My grandkids are going to see? We'll get into the plan next. Season two of the Walk a Mile podcast is sponsored by Downtown DC. If you enjoy live performances, this is the place to be. In the mood for music? Check out Hamilton Live or Sixth and I. Love to see actors do their thing? We have two Shakespeare Theater venues, the historic Forge Theater and the progressive-minded Woolly Mammoth. Enjoy spectacles? Then the Warner and National Theaters are the place for you. Downtown D.C. We're home to applauding audiences. We're back, walking a mile with Mayor Anthony Williams on East Street toward Union Station, which he and his team have big plans for. Where are we at now with it? Is it is the infrastructure bill that was passed going to fund this? Is well, it's it private. Is it public? Well, the general, the, the in terms of gen, general funding is definitely available in the rounds of federal funding you've seen mm -hmm. most recently with the infrastructure act that was passed a few months ago. So the funding in general was there. Now allocations are being made, and what we're doing, working very aggressively to do, is get our environmental reviews done. Mm -hmm. Uh, the District of Columbia has already made its commitment to the project by a $200 million investment in a new H Street bridge, mm -hmm. which is going to be necessary to get that bridge done so that you can redo all of that infrastructure around the platform. See, because all that will be expanded on a number of layers. You right. don't even recognize that the train shed will go all the way to K Street. Wow. It'll be a breathtaking facility. So is it... If someone has traveled like through New York Penn Station and the Moynihan Terminal, is it like that? Or will this be just way beyond even that? It would be where you have Moynihan, which was, was, which was the repositioning, uh, refashioning of the old Farley Post Office. Mm -hmm. But then now the work is to take that into the main Penn Station and continue that work, which mm -hmm. is going to be decades yep. more to do. Our envision is to do all this at the same time. Okay. So we're talking about all those three phases, most importantly the second and the third phase, which are really where the heavy lifting is going to be, right. doing them successively in short order as opposed to over a long, long period of time. That's what we're trying to do. And so this is like a 2030, 2040 situation? Well, we Fingers believe, crossed, no, we want, to, we want to get the funding of because there is a lot of competition for this funding. We want to get right. this funding locked in. So one of, one of the other things that the city has done in addition to making a commitment on the bridges, it is in conjunct and working in conjunction with the Department of Transportation doing a study mm -hmm. of the project. Now that we're working on the end of the environmental review, you know, organization of the project, financing of the project, all these things that are gonna be necessary to really get it rolling and underway quickly. Can I ask you a dumb question about mm -hmm. transportation mm -hmm. infrastructure? Yeah. You always hear about, oh, we have to have a study to study the study for the study of the study. What actually goes on in those? And like for the, for the layperson who just hears that and all we hear is, oh, that's three more years. Oh, that's four more years. Oh, that's six more months. Well, here you can understand it because you do have the federal government owns it, but the federal government is itself in the business of running stations. Right. The federal government owns it. It isn't in the, in the business of actually financing reorganization, modernization. It does these 
it does these things by delegation and by contracts. Well, the question here is, if they own the station, but they, it's not their job to actually do it, who do they do it with? So we're answering that question. Who, who is they right. that's going to do this project? How are they going to do the project in terms of funding public-private partnerships that are necessary to make it happen? So in the study, you go back and you're like, here's, here's the who, what, where, and how. Yeah, and, and the other thing to understand is we're not talking about a 14-year study. We're, we're talking about getting this done again sooner rather than later. You love to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. in the world of immediacy that we live in now. It's crazy. No, it's important because, again, there's a, a, it's just a, this is a very competitive environment for infrastructure dollars. And we don't, you know, we don't want to be accused of sitting around watching old reruns. So. Right. <laughs> well, when you were talking, too, we talked about how, like, the economy probably moved ahead of gentrification, which moved ahead of displacement. And then you had, you should have seen the station in the 80s. Is that sort of something you've learned of, uh, throughout your career of like, with, with progress, there's often hiccups, and then you hopefully learn on the second round through? Well, one thing you like, Union Station's a great example. Nothing's permanent. Everything has to constantly be rethought and reborn. Right. You look at major institutions, there are always, they're always phases in the, the life of these institutions, including their physical life where they have to be, you know, retrofitted, refashioned, modernized, and Union Station's a great example of that. And then the other thing is, Everything that gets done successfully is a result of a coalition of different partners, especially in Washington, D.C. You've got to be in the business of building partnerships, alliances, right. and you've got to get out of the business of trying to get credit. Like, I really, am, I really am not a big fan of... The only reason I'm doing this thing with you is because, you know, you want to talk to me, and I can see how you want to talk to me, but normally I would say you should talk to some of the other players in the project. Everybody's heard from me. They were all busy. They all declined. Oh, were they? Oh, really? Okay. Okay. <laughs> when, you, when you look at... It's interesting that you say, like, about the business of taking credit, because when you look at so much of our politics today, and I'm not talking about just, like, D.C., just in general, yeah. there's so many people who are trying to take credit for things that aren't even something that they did. No, that was my administration. Yeah. I wasn't big about taking credit. It was really successful that way. I always invited everybody who had anything whatsoever to do with whatever it was we were doing to take the stage because, you know, in the long run, you're going to get the credit anyway. Right. So why hog it up in the first instance? You know? Right. I hope you take this as a compliment mm -hmm. that from what you gather about your administration, yeah. you, you were kind of like a boring politician in like a, a very effective and good kind of way. Do you uh -huh. think that in a way politics should get back to like being boring and actually just like doing the work? I don't know. You know, if somebody's doing brain surgery, I don't care if they're boring. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, if they run in my city and it's really important and they can get it done and be boring, fine. Actually, having said that though, you know, I think that I think I have a sense of humor, and I think that came out, and that humanized me with people. Mm -hmm. But I'm not, you know, yeah, I'm not going to give a speech on the mall to 100,000 people. As we're walking up um, past the Hotel George, we're like getting that view of Union Station. Yep. So when you see it, you're seeing it in the future. What does it look like to you? When you're seeing it in the future, it's not so much what will change from looking at, at it from Mass Ave and here over from the Capitol down into the station. You're not, that, that classic prominence at front will remain. I think that's good. Mm -hmm. It's the back of the station, it's along the side of the station. And that'll help to, to bring the city together too without having the tracks cutting through it. It will look more like a hill because if you go up, you'll go up the streetcar up H Street. 
-hmm. You'll feel like you're going up a hill because it really won't be a bridge because you'll have development along both sides of that quote-unquote bridge. And when you get off at the top of the bridge, there'll be a whole public area there. If I were going to go on the bus, I would be welcome into the bus area, I'd be welcome into the train area. Again, there's no kids' table and adults' table anymore. When you come to the station, there'll be all kinds of access in and out of the station. You won't all coagulate, you know, in, you know, in an endless line waiting for cabs and cars right. for drop-off. All of that will be rationalized and be much better than it is now. That's exciting. Yeah. We spend an enormous amount of time in support of Metro, management of Metro, accountability of Metro, and necessary funding for Metro to be successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As you're in the process of projects like this, looking you know, a decade or more into the future when it's all finished, when, when does the naming start? Will it be the Joe Biden terminal as you draw a hat? How, how do you decide what you're going to name something like that? Well, my dream is that this will be a real legacy of President Biden, who's been a very, very consequential president. I think this will be a great legacy, yeah. Absolutely. You asked me, yep, I do. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I mean, answer, I, you know, guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, the times that I've, talked to President Biden when he was a senator. I thought he was very, very serious, very, very focused. He had a way of talking to people when you felt like he was really talking to you. Bill Clinton was that way. Yeah. You didn't feel he was like looking around the room waiting to talk to someone more important. That's mm -hmm. a real that's a real skill, you know. You served Bill Clinton's administration, right? I uh, served but before I became mayor and CFO of DC I was in, uh, CFO of the Department of Agriculture of the United States. It's a big job. It's an amazing job. The first it's one a lot to do of money. Too, right? The first CFO, yep. What does that process look like when they say, hey, Department of Ag needs a CFO for the first one and it's going to be you? Yeah. Well, in a lot of ways, it was kind of like a blazing saddles. It's like, okay, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you're, you're talking about the agriculture yeah, department. Totally. And now we introduce our first CFO. And it's this black guy from L.A. Like, what? You know, like, <laughs> what? That's true. One of the oldest agencies in the country. And then, in Washington, D.C., <laughs> it was you were just another what we call the sub-cabinet. I mean, you know, you're, you're just another public federal official. But mm -hmm. out in the country, CFO of the Department of Agriculture is an important job because yeah. a lot of families, their livelihoods, everything from food and nutrition, food stamps, the U.S. Forest Service, soil conservation, supporting farmers, a lot of good work gets done in the Department of Agriculture. Remarkable that you're on to the next project. You were yeah. mayor during 9-11. Did any one of the things that you did, you could have been like, that's great. Speaking of moving to Florida, you could have been like, I'll see you later, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what keeps you in the game? What keeps you continuing to find new projects? And, and new Basically, projects? I, you know, I, I want to just uh, work till I drop. I don't understand retirement. <laughs> I don't really plan on retiring. You know, that's number one. And number two, I got this from, I got from my dad a sense of purpose and uh, method and organization I got from my mom a spirit of optimism and uh, contribution you know so if you can make a community better for regular families and kids that's a great thing to do with your life you know truly really is know, unless I missed the memo I don't know well I hope you don't drop anytime soon because yeah, you're doing yeah. a lot of great work yeah, and you're okay. fun to hang out with well fun talking to you man Mayor Williams the yeah. Washington Post is right you are okay. pretty funny okay okay <laughs>
We're in the middle of an exciting second season, so be sure to subscribe to get the newest episodes. And while you're at it, go back because season one was pretty darn good too, if I don't say so myself. Thanks for listening. Walk a Mile with Tommy McFly was produced by Real Fun Content. <laughs>